It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back to uh, Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I am delighted to be joined by Lawrence Conley and Kevin McCluskey. We are talking about a bitterly disappointing afternoon at Celtic Park. It ended Celtic 1, Motherwell 1. Kevin McCluskey, I'll come to you first. Uh, overall thoughts about that display and obviously the uh, disappointing outcome. Yeah, to be honest, it's uh, rinse and repeat from what we said at half time, really. Really frustrating game. A frustrating afternoon. We've dominated possession. We've dominated territory. We've dominated almost everything about the game, but we haven't created enough clear chances uh, earlier on in the game, at least. I think actually once Mikey Johnson came on, we started to create a, a few more. He threw in a few dangerous cross balls, but a really frustrating game that we didn't have enough in the locker in the team to break down a, a pretty stubborn Motherwell team. They've They've come and got exactly what they wanted, which was a point. Um, but we're going to have to talk about the goal that we've lost because it's an absolute shocker of a goal for us to lose. Poor. The way that we have um, just really poor defending at that set piece. Completely uh, avoidable goal, you know, which I think just adds to the frustrations of that game that we finally got ourselves in front and you think we'll just keep it calm and see it through. Um, yeah, I'm just bitterly disappointed and frustrated. Well, there is a, a huge amount of frustration. You can see it in the comments section, and I totally understand it. The first thing I want to bring in um, Stephen Sloan, who asks, do the panel still think Yang had a good game? Well, we couldn't possibly comment on whether he had a good game or not until now. Uh, at half time, he certainly had had a decent first half, has, has had Palmer on the other side. Um, I don't think he was great in the second half. I think uh, too one-dimensional with the, his distribution. Um, but also, you've got to look at the fact that we've let in a really soft goal and we've lacked creativity up top. I mean, you know, I know these are kind of basic stats and, and basic data. 81% possession, we can 
completely controlled that game. 20 shots on goal, 13 corners. Now, this is the point. 13 corners we had in that game to Motherwell's two, yet they score from their corner kick. And we can't do it, Lawrence. You know, there's certain elements of your game that seem so predictable. That's one of them. But when Motherwell take that corner, I've seen a lot of comments in the um, coming through there about Joe Hart. Yeah, Joe Hart has to be commanding these area, but Greg Taylor has to be stronger. You've got to be stronger. You can't just be put on the deck like that. By the way, legitimately, just overpowered, um, and they get the goal. So you can you can focus on the defensive element of that, or the fact that we've had plenty of chances to win the game, um, and it should have been one at a canter. We've had two penalty kicks one of which was missed. And leading up to the second penalty, we had two clear-cut chances. You can't constantly just blame Joe Hart for, for uh, you know, dropping points today, Lawrence. You know, it's a collective. I wouldn't blame, blame Joe at all, but, uh, you know, you've got to win your individual battles. Did Taylor win his? Well, no. Uh, missing a penalty. You know, it's a poor penalty. I, I know some comments was a keeper off his line, was he not? Was there a couple of boys in the box? But, you know, you're expected to score your pens. Uh, and Yang with that header. Got to hit the target at least, you know. I think he should be scoring. But at the very least, he should be hitting the target. Uh, you know, there was a couple of chances, you know. But I suppose Kevin Stutch, on a bright point again, probably Mikey Johnson coming on and creating a few things. So, and, you know, there may still be a future for him. But if you get two penalties and all that possession at, at, at home... It's not your goalkeeper you're really looking at, is it? You know, you've only got one goal. No, that, you're right. The top right. end of the part that you're looking yeah. going, you know, yeah. what's going on here? We've had eighty-one percent possession, we've two penalties, and we've only scored once. I wouldn't say that's Joe Hart's fault. It's not it's not Joe Hart's fault. And by the way, he's coming for a lot of criticism, I think, uh, this season in particular, I've noticed. But um I, I do think you make a good point, Lawrence. We, we really are. Um, on the front foot for the vast majority of that game. 81% possession, yet we can only score one goal, and that is a, a penalty kick at that as well. Uh, we've had a great opportunity with the first penalty as well. Uh, and listen, you can go on about uh, Palmer's run-up, Kevin, but nobody was moaning when he scored the penalty after doing the exact same run-up. So I'm not going to labour that, right? You know, we've missed the penalty. It was a decent enough save. Um, I'm really keen to bring in your thoughts on a disappointing afternoon, Kevin Martin. Very poor performance against a very poor team. And by the way, a poor team who have been on a runner form that you would have expected Celtic to kind of sweep them aside today. David Scott picks up on the point, 12 corners. It's I think it was 13, David, but, you know, nothing. We got nothing from them. That's your point. They get, they get a couple of corners and they score a goal, uh, a simple goal at that. Now, Joe Fulham, and I don't even think this is knee-jerk from you, Joe. Uh, January window needs some serious activity. I think Brennan Rogers has been speaking about January coming round, putting quite a lot of things right. But Paddy, Rogers' football is boring. Was it boring when we hammered Aberdeen 6 nothing another week? I think, you know, I've done enough of these games, Kevin, to know that after it, you're really annoyed, sometimes angry, frustrated, particularly at, at dropping points today. But... We can't just tear it up and start again. You've got to look at, right, what went wrong today, Kevin? What do you think the main issue was this afternoon? Because for me, it was a failure to bring Keogh into the game. Um, and I think that there's a few different reasons for that. The way that we're utilising our midfielders, by the way, it looks very entertaining when they're going past their man and whipping in a cross. Brilliant. But, you know, Motherwell were just dealing with it. 
they were just heading that ball right back out and they were defending it. They were easy crosses to defend. Um, and I think that was the issue that we had there. When we changed it, I thought we looked different. We all coming on. I think he made an instant impact. I know you guys have been mentioning Mikey Johnson. I would actually focus on O's contribution. We looked like a different proposition up top when O came on. Obviously, Kyogo comes back off, saving him for, for Tuesday night, I guess. Uh, but yeah, what could we have done better, Kevin? What could we have done differently today? That's the question, isn't it? That is the million-dollar uh, question. It's the million-dollar question. Um, I think we'll go back to what Lauren said at halftime about the first-half performance, and we'll say what we could have done better was just little individual things. There was a lot about the performance that was decent. Nothing was particularly good or great, but there was a lot of decent things about what we were doing. But we were always just one pass short, or you know, there was it was the final ball that was letting us down. There was something just not quite right. Decision making wasn't there. I don't think there was anything particularly wrong with the tactics today. I think it was just individuals, maybe not winning their battles or not playing the right passes at the right moments. Um, the last comment or point about us being boring. Don't think we were boring. I just think we came up against a really well organised defence, and we didn't have the players or the player to play that pass to break them down. The one guy that I thought was going to do it in the second half was Kyogo, and I was really surprised when he got taken off when he did. I know it's probably with Tuesday night in mind, but he, and just before he gets taken off, it's his run forward that lays it to Palmer that starts to move for the the first penalty. I think he was finally beginning to have an influence in the game at that point. So I was a bit surprised when he came off. Although I thought did do well when he came on. He was a physical presence. He got in, had a couple of half chances. Should have done better. Should have scored his head at the back post. I think I think when you after a game like this, you've just got to be a bit more calm and measured, I suppose, because there will be knee-jerk reactions. There will be you know, lots of frustration. But if you probably watch it back, we'll go, we played well, we did enough to win the game, but we were, we were just just not quite there for some reason. It just didn't click, it just didn't work, but we weren't all that bad. We weren't all that bad, we just failed to show that kind of clinical edge. Um, we, we didn't have a cut on the edge was. up top. You know. And it's the thing, we've normally got it in these games, yeah. you know, you can normally sense that the goal is coming. And today was one of those games where you thought it will come. Mm-hmm. And then it did. And we just never had it at the back at the other end. Uh, it's a bad day at the office, but you've got to just dust yourself down and move on. And as someone else has said, you know, it will be a big January. We'll need to look to January and bring in the right players. Two or three quality additions, as Brendan wants, will hopefully prevent these kind of games from happening from January onwards. Makes a big difference, Kevin. You know, I'm looking at three. I think if we get three, I'll be absolutely delighted. I don't I don't actually think we'll get as many as that because we are looking very specifically rather than quantity when it comes to January. We mentioned at half time, uh, there was a couple of breakaways by Motherwell uh, on the 15th minute where Carla Vickers shored it up. And then 34 minutes when Hart made a bit of a boob of it and uh, Carla Vickers shored it up again. But it was a warning sign. We mentioned that at half time and it was scoreless. Motherwell could hit you on the break. Now, this wasn't a breakaway, but it was a corner. And that's basics. You've got to defend the corner. And that's a collective. And I know that maybe the focus will be on Joe Hart. 
maybe the focus will be on Taylor, but it is a collective. You've got to defend it. Don't think we're good enough at doing that. And I don't think we're um, you know, dangerous enough, Lawrence, when we've got a corner kick that you, we're, we're pinging them in. We've got guys who can deliver set pieces. We've got Palmer now, David Turnbull when he came on, Matt O'Reilly. They can deliver the corners in. And I just don't think they look dangerous. It's almost, as I said at halftime, it's almost pointless to, to flight the ball in because we're not actually putting them under any kind of pressure. There are no scales. You know, when we, if we're looking for the second the second penalty, there's a couple of guys you need to mention. Scales for winning the header, himself in a good position. He was impeded, we win it. And Tony Ralston for guarding the penalty spot in case anybody went to try and muck it up for us. But that scales header, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was only corner kick that we created something from and looked dangerous from. Listen, I don't think we're the, the only team that doesn't convert a, a high percentage of corners. What we'd say about it is, is we don't have a lot of aerial threat, probably scales is it, and perhaps all. We need mm-hmm. to see a bit more, more of them. You know, Taylor's not particularly tall, neither's Ralston. Cart Vickers six foot. Is O'Reilly six one? McGregor's not tall. So, you, you know, as a team, we don't have a lot of, of aerial threat. I don't know what a conversion of corners is. I, th- I think we're kind of probably average with most teams. But flying it in uh, is perhaps not the best use of corners all, all, all the time throwing it in uh, when we're not particularly at all, you know, working some other ideas. But so it's, it's a bad day up top, you know, whether it's hanging on to the ball too much, trying to dribble with it, not releasing it in times. You, you know, there's times Ralston's looking on the outside for it to be released earlier to him. But you know, what's the best you can say today? We've not lost. Uh, I think that's about it. You know, I agree with Kevin. Kyogo actually looked, when all was on and Kyogo was dropped for the back, looked a bit more dangerous. He came into the game. He looked to be lighting things up. Then all of a sudden he's off the park. You're going to, are we really saving him for, for the, the game against Lazio? You know, Europe's gone. I think we spoke about this last week. Europe's gone. Concentrating and making sure we win the league, uh, but yeah, it, it came off, and I thought all oh, looked okay. Mikey Johnston created a few chances. Young's got a score. I thought all oh, looked better than okay, Lawrence. I thought when he came on, it, it really did add a dynamic up top, and only then did we look as we're going to You know, Kubo's your number one starting striker, and David Turnbull's mm-hmm. your top top scorer. Not that Kyogo was, you know, I'm not saying Kyogo was bad player. Maybe he doesn't sit, suit Rogers' style of play. Maybe he would be better suited to being your starting striker. You know, it's, it's not often we'll have a midfielder as a, a top scorer at this point. I remember Pat McGinley, yeah, one time being top scorer for the season, but, you know, it's... He, he was, he was. That was strange old times, though, wasn't it? When we yeah. could barely, you know... I mean, when you think about... <laughs> Uh, Kyogo and a lot of the comments that are coming in here, I don't think it's uh, individually his fault. I, you know, I'm going to back. I'm going to actually back Kyogo here. I just don't think the style of play, and and I mentioned it uh, earlier about the wingers and, and the type of ball that we're playing in suits him as uh, much as maybe the way we were playing last season or the season before. Kev, now you know talismanic players. Often, what you need to do is build your style of play around them. I don't think Rogers is going to do that. I don't think he does that with strikers. I don't think he's even looking for a striker to score thirty goals. He wants the you know the team collectively 
um, to win your trophies, and and there's you know a spread of goals in the, in the teams that he's managing. So um, I don't think it's going to be a short term fix uh, with, with Kyogo, but at the same time, I'm not writing him off. I mean, I've seen some moments this season from Kyogo and goals uh, in particular, the you know in Europe where it's just been sensational. It's been Kyogo at his absolute peak. Today was a really really bad performance um, from an offensive kind of perspective for Celtic. Kyogo's part of that. Of course he is. He's the man who's leading the line. But um, I don't think we're going to do anything as uh, insane as dropping the guy. Uh, and I don't think that, you know, if you do drop him and O's up top on his own, it's going to help either. Yeah, he can he can attack some of these crossed balls. Um, does he have the quality of Kyogo, um, you know, throughout his entire game? I don't think he does. I think he's miles off. I think... Over the last three weeks, he's improved. He's got a couple of goals. He's put himself back into it, Kev. But prior to that, you know, always the guy we were talking about, uh, having doubts about. I do think in the uh, January transfer window, a striker is necessary. I think a left-back is as well. Um, and a goalie, nothing to do with today's performance, by the way. I've been saying it all season. I think we need, you know, strength in those three positions. Um, and if we get three, I would be amazed, to be honest with you. I don't think... It's that easy to do the business um, in that one-month period. Patrick James Simpson. Well, it's a three-point lead if they win their games on hand. Uh, so w- when you think about it, though, Kev, I mean, yeah, we're, we're nine points ahead, but it's not as easy as just saying it's a three-point lead because they've got two two big fixtures to go and try and obviously claw that back. Yeah, it would be much better if we'd won the game today and it's very disappointing. But we have seen it in the past where you drop points and you end up gaining a point at the top of the league. So we need to keep an eye on that. But as I say, no knee-jerk reactions today, Kev. We know where the deficiencies are and we mentioned them before today's game. We do, we do. Uh, there's a couple of things in from what you've been saying there that I'll, I'll try and pick up on. Um, I am more leaning towards Lawrence's point of view on this as well, that perhaps O or a striker like O suits Roger's system better than someone like Kyogo. And I 100% compare the two strikers together, Kyogo's the better player in my opinion. I don't think that's really a question. It's about the system and the style of play because we've seen it so often now that Kyogo touches the ball five times in the first half. I know against Aberdeen, I think he did four shots out of those five touches, but he's yeah. not getting involved in the game. And you're wasting him. By that. He's not a waste of a jersey, as some people will comment, but you're wasting Kyogo because you're not involving him in the game. Whereas if you've got the more physical player up front like O or somebody like that, that suits... Roger's style of play better and that's where my point before was Kyogo was having his most influence in the game playing behind O so why can't the two of them play together in a home game like this your centre midfield pairing can be McGregor and O'Reilly and you can have O sorry Kyogo in the 10 with O up front and you know you're, you're dominating these games anyway you don't necessarily need the third centre midfielder, and I think you'd said it at halftime as well, Paul, when you've got your two invented fullbacks, they're coming in, you've basically got four in the midfield with them there. I think it's something we could look to use more often, and I think we'll get more out of Kyogo and Rogers' style of play with that system domestically. Um, so, yeah, over, over January, we absolutely need to sign another centre forward, in my opinion, 
And he's got to be somebody that's at least as good a level as O. Somebody that you would absolutely trust to come in and start and uh, contribute to the team because, you know, my, my personal view in that one is get two forwards in the park at the moment. Or as I say, move Hugo back to a 10. Um, Patrick John, was it, that came up there with the the three-point, it's as good as a three-point lead at the moment. I think that's the way we've got to look at it. You've got to presume that Rangers will win their games in hand and the, the lead will come down. I'd far rather have the points in the bag, so I'd rather be in our position than theirs, of course. But I think for us, so that you never get complacent, you've just got to assume that they'll win the games. Because uh, we've seen, as against Hearts, for example, they will get a helping hand here or there that will get them over the line in certain matches. So I don't think we can take anything for granted that they'll drop points, but let's hope Aberdeen can raise their game tomorrow and maybe take a point and have us uh, at least keep that status quo that we've got just now. Um, and then what was your other point there? I think just about kind of no knee-jerk reactions. I think that's exactly what we've got to do just now. You've got to take this one on the chin and get be as frustrated as you want about today, but look forward and look you know, we're still unbeaten in the league this season. We know that man for man, we're better than anyone else in the league. If we turn up in games, we will win. We will have days like today when it just doesn't work. But I think over the course of what's it, a 38-game season, you'll find we'll win more games than we don't and we'll come out on top at the end, I'm hopeful. And and yet, I agree with the three areas we should strengthen. A goalkeeper mm-hmm. to bed someone in for next season. A centre-forward because we've only got two and you cannot run a season with just two centre-forwards uh, and a left-back would be brilliant because we'll avoid the situation that we had today when for some reason we're sticking our left-back who's like my height on Obika, who's mm-hmm. a, a big hefty laddie. There's only ever one winner in that contest. So that's just something that we need to avoid. Absolutely, Kevin, right? And and when people say to you, you're always having a go at Turnbull or you're always having a go at Greg Taylor or Joe Hart, they, they three names seem to come into uh, the, the kind of critical aspect of post-match analysis time and time again. What I would say is, right, Greg Taylor's a left-back. Give me his, for me, his values as a defender. Please tell me. Or his values as a player. And when you tell um, anyone what his values are it's all in an offensive sense it's all you know when he's going forward yes I think he can look like a, a right good player I know Lawrence Connolly um, was the founding member of the Greg Taylor CSC on Axon and uh, was shouting and screaming from the rooftops that he was a great player before he even started getting the game and I know that when you watched his, his kind of rise under Ange Lawrence it was great to see because we've seen uh, the potential of a player coming to fruition I think that he's been badly exposed this season, uh, time and time again. And there was elements during that two years where he was, you know, for me, on the up and up, where you, you looked at him and you, you had doubts in terms of his defensive ability. But I think this season it's been exposed. And even that something as simple as uh, that situation today, yes, he has been mismatched in terms of his physicality, but he's, he's been completely out-muscled at a corner kick. And it's not for the first time. And, and normally what you see is he'll turn around and try and blame somebody. The last time it happened, it was Scales that got the blame. Um, he couldn't blame anybody today. He, he didn't win his battle and Motherwell scored the equaliser. And at that point, you're looking for a bit of a miracle. We got one at Fur Park with a brilliant dink by Palma on the goal by Lorelli. It wasn't to be today. 
Um, but when we go into that January transfer window, Lawrence, as I say, there's nothing that we've learned today that's going to change your mind about January. We already knew where we had to strengthen. Yeah, I think probably in the summer where we had to strengthen, but yeah. we didn't. We kept the money in the bank, obviously. Taylor's not having any, his best season. To, you, you've got to ask. We've obviously planned playing against Motherwell Corners and they've discussed who they should be picking up. You know, I think the best we can come up for when we're planning this is that Taylor should be picking him up. You know, we're struggling as a as a team, I think. But, you know, he's got no competition at left-back just now. Bernabe's, I'm, I'm not too sure how he's making the bench. You know, I, I know he was a big investment for us. But he's a he's similar, t- similar player. He's a similar player. Yeah, to he's, he's a full left-back. It's not physical, is he? I mean, we're not a particularly strong or physical team. And I, I think that goes back to the point in corners, you know, if we throw the ball in or we cross the ball in from a corner, there's not a lot, lot of people in our team that are attacking it. So, yeah, Taylor, poor there. He should have done better. Would you expect him to get, get beat? Yeah, but expect him to, to have a bit more of a a fight about him with the guy, you know, stopping him, making it quite so easy for him. Well, we look to January. You've won I in the Asian Cup as well. You know, I've said you know it's probably time to talk about Kyogo, but we could be missing him. We could be missing all. We could be missing Maeda. So I think January it's first team ready players that make an impact. Probably what what we were saying in the summer we needed first team ready Absolutely. players that make an impact. Yeah, yeah. And we went down the project route again too heavily. Too heavily because yeah. we keep saying it, Lawrence. Projects can work. Matt O'Reilly was a project. You don't buy a player yeah. for one and a half million quid from the third tier English football and say it's not a project at 20, 21 years of age. That was Matt O'Reilly. It's worked out. There's been other examples of it, but it was too heavily weighted in the project sense, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think everybody in the, the Axon team says, you know, we, we need to plan for Joe Hart moving on. We need a a backup keeper that's, or we need a keeper that's going to challenge him. Greg Taylor, Bernabe's not the, the challenge then. We need a left back in there or somebody yeah. that will challenge Taylor. Up front, we, we need a third striker. Who's it going to be? Uh, you know, we've not addressed any of those. Didn't address it in, in the summer transfer window, not for lack of money. So, you know, we can look at the board or, or whoever's there. It, it, it's not lack of money that stopped us bringing those or addressing those positions. Brendan's saying much the same as he said in the summer. He wants quality, not quantity. And he said that in the summer and he gave him, well, they gave him, definitely gave him quantity. And the, the jury's still out on the quality. A lot of players, we've not seen a lot of them. You know, some of them have no, been under the injury. Yeah. yeah. You know, home looks good. Palmer looks good. Young had it in flashes. We'll wait and see. But that's as far as the performance in Scotland goes. I, th- I think, Supporters, I think we're entitled to, to expect we're bringing in guys that are first team ready, not just at doing Scotland, but they do it in Europe. And that's where we're lacking. And that, I think maybe that's where the, the expectation of the supporters and the board vastly differ. You know, we want to compete in Europe. And I think they're just happy to attend. You know, just be there. When we in Scotland, we'll get there, we'll be in the boardroom somewhere, we'll get two or three days away with Celtic on expenses. You know, we'll get a nice meal, some drinks. We'll hear Zadok the Priest football. Does it matter? It's a you bonus know? to them. It's a bonus Aye. to them, Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, 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 it's, 
And that's a few for the fans. Today, hasn't it? You know, a few for the fans that are going to be there on Tuesday night. If that's the attitude of certain board members, that it's a jolly. Um, what you want is you want them to go out there and play not just for the jersey, but for the fans that have actually already left to go to Rome. You know that that's what I keep banging on about. We're not just there for the tour. We're not just there just you know to see a new city. It's always to go and, and hopefully see a performance and the result, Lawrence. So you feel a bit conned when what you've said, and I know. You know, I'm not even sure if it was tongue in cheek. There are certain board members who don't have the aspirations, and it's just a jolly when they go in these away days. It's not just the aspirations on a football sense. You know, we get the jokes from them last season, all we're really concerned. The last AGM, you know, we're really concerned about Scottish referees, etc. They talk about, and then they talk about Rangers penalty. Yeah, you know, penalty Rangers. This AGM, there's no evidence they've done anything in the intervening year about their, their grave, grave concerns about that and I think a lot of them are just happy to be associated with Celtic and be able to say you know I'm on the Celtic board right but what are you actually doing there mate what's your contribution yeah. you know what are you doing to make us better listen some areas we're doing well you look at Shannon Brown and the retail unit absolutely brilliant taking money off the fans and you know monetising that support you can't argue with that on the football side are they buying quality? We've got a quality manager in that asked for quality in the summer. Didn't want quantity. And he's asking for it again. Are we bringing in the quality? How often will he ask? This is the thing. And we're not quite there yet. Lawrence, I'm going to ask you two guys a question. Let us know in the comments. Some great comments that I'm going to bring up before we finish off this afternoon. But we go into that game against uh, Lazio on Tuesday night, Kevin. We already had a concern, obviously, with Palmer being suspended and made have been suspended and injured at the same time, double whammy. So we go into today's game and you're asking the question, who's going to be playing on the wings? Or, you know, are we going to change um, the shape of the side? Because we're going into that game now. Yang um, was was pulled off early, injured, hamstring injury, which can be very difficult, obviously, uh, with a game coming up in a few days' time. We saw the introduction of Mikey Johnson. I thought he did all right. And we saw the introduction and the debut of Marco Tilio. If we go for two wingers on Tuesday night, who are they, Kev? That's my question. Because Yang could well be injured as well. Um, it's looking that way for him. On the bench, and, and Jamesy Forrest wasn't on the bench. Jamesy Forrest wasn't on the bench. Leila Bada's still injured. Rocco Vanta's nowhere to be found. Playing yeah. somewhere for the B team, maybe. I don't know. If we go with two wingers at the moment... You're only two that you could probably guarantee to be fit. Mikey Johnson and Marco Tilio. So it would have to be them, I would think. Which is not exactly a thought that fills maybe a great deal of pleasure looking at that game. I've got a feeling James Forrest will be fit for it somehow and he'll make it. It's, it's seeming like it's one of those games that's got him written all over it. But just on what, what, uh, what Lawrence was saying about the board having no aspirations in Europe, and what they're great at is fleecing the fans. Uh, spot on. <laughs> That's what they've been doing for years. Just taking money off us and the return that we're getting. Especially in Europe, it's not worth the money that the, the fans invest into the club. It's not worth the emotion <laughs> that we invest into the club. This is the season that's really hit it for me so much because we've had um, £70 million in the bank. We'll always go on about that number. Celtic should not have £70 million in the bank because we should be investing that kind of money, or not that kind of money, not the full 70, but we should be investing decent money into that first team 
and it is players in the first team. We could sign nine project players if we want, but we could should be signing two, three, four quality players every summer that enhance the first eleven. And to know that we've got that money, to know that it's sitting there, and the board just don't care. They really just don't care. They've got zero ambition, in my opinion, when it comes to Europe. And something like the AGM during the week, I was I have no interest in it because I don't think the board has any interest in it or listening to what the fans have got to say genuinely. I don't think they care about our concerns about driving the club on. Um, I this this summer this season's really hit me hard for that. It's lip service, Kev. It's lip service. Look, look, I mean, look, you can you can you can see that the players in the park are giving it their all, but they're not good enough. They're, and it can be just not good enough at times, but they're not good enough. And you've got that money sitting there, and you've said it, it's like the dragon sitting on the piles of gold and the jewels and the rubies, and the board's happy with that. But I'm no. really not happy with that anymore. You know, we should be making strides. They had to defend a salary rise. You know, they're going, we're we'll, we'll benchmarked yeah. around about similar clubs in Europe. And, and that's, you, you know, they're defended it that way. You know, if it's true, if that's the market rate. Against a similarly sized club as Celtic with the finances, we would expect performance to be in Europe. And I'd say an awful lot better. <laughs> you, you know, and the directors to take credit from where the club is in the forms of, you know, increased salary. You know, you will. Some of Europe's got to be in you. You know, you're not bringing in exactly what Brendan's asked for. He's asked for quality. You know, in the summer we we were going. You know, we've got a decent. It's a big enough squad. Why don't we bring in three first team starters? Make a real difference. Yep. You know, here's the thing, Lawrence. Here's here's the thing, right? I was talking two weeks ago uh, to someone who thinks that the board are phenomenal. They're fantastic. It's almost as if they can do no wrong. And uh, they asked me the question, what's your biggest gripe? And I says, right now, it's recruitment. It's recruitment. By the way, good point by Lupe 33. Tilio's no registered. Near's Novroski. Um, so Tilio's not going to be playing on Tuesday night, Kev. But Yang might not be injured. Well, we'll Yang need to might not see. be fit. So it's... <laughs> I know. And then Lee Johnson. Ma- say, Ma- I'll, get my boot, I'll get my boots out if they want and they can try and get me in the park. And the issue was, Lawrence, I was asked the question, right, what, what is it you're not happy with? They've got all this money in the bank, they're well run, et cetera, et cetera. And I do think there's a there's an issue in in terms of there's a lack of ambition, but there's also um, that there's always in the back of their mind, Lawrence, we better watch what we're doing because we know what can happen. And what they're talking about is what happened in 2012. So they, they don't want to go chasing Champions League dreams because they've seen what happened when a Scottish football club did that and they went belly up, for want of a better expression. And I think there's too much of a cautious nature within that boardroom because there is a mantra. There's a mantra in that boardroom, Lawrence, where they don't want to push the boat out. And it, and for me, it shows a lack of ambition. Well, let's be clear, they didn't go belly up because they were chasing things in Europe. They no, we know. We, we know. They belly up because they couldn't handle the fact that Celtic had you know, an inbuilt financial advantage that was going to allow them to become the dominant team in, in Scotland. So they decided to cheat. We know why the they went belly up. We know that. It, it wasn't just in Europe. It's constant, Constant. Oh. It's constantly referred to. Uh, but we're well managed you know, financially. Okay. But, but they're referring to something that, that, that didn't happen. You know, it wasn't because Rangers were, t- were chasing a dream in Europe. They were chasing us because, you know, we've got an inbuilt financial advantage with the size of the stadium. 
what we're saying is you don't need to spend all the money, you know. But I'm not saying spend, even Kevin said it, don't spend all 70. You know, have some amb- ambition, buy some first team ready players, make some kind of impact in Europe, you know, win a game in the Champions League now and again. And but l- listen, we're not saying we're a badly run club financially, but surely that's not the only reason the board exists to run us well financially. What's the, is that the sole purpose of Celtic to be run no. well financially? Absolutely not. You know, we, we do well dom- domestically, but up until what point are the board going to say actually? You know, Europe's got to come into this, or it's not. You know, mm-hmm. are we judged on this? Or did it? It appears that they just write it off on a, on a European side. You know, where's the ambition? There doesn't seem to be too much on a European side from the board and from the tactics there, but. You know, it, we, we could have been saying this since, oh, I think since Gordon Strachan is left. Strachan was a, you know, that was a real impact under Strachan. Two last 16s, did we kick on from there? Was there any investment, any chance to build upon it? It was, you know, it's long gone. You know, we're, we're kind of starting again. You know, it's a long time since Celtic Park's been a fortress in Europe where you'd Bayern Munich celebrating a draw in the Champions League. So a long time since Strachan as well, though, Lawrence, and that approach actually wouldn't work now because the game has moved on. Uh, you know, it's it's miles down the road now. So even if we were to implement that kind of approach, it simply wouldn't work. It was great whilst it did, but since then, we've probably gone backwards in Europe whilst they have continually got bigger and stronger and richer, um, your competitors. But the point about recruitment, it was then levied at me that what do I know about recruitment? What do I know about buying footballers and trading and all this kind of stuff? No, but, 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 but yeah. what I know, what I know, Lawrence, is that if you lose, you're all right, it's a, it's a massive blow. But we've gone out there and we're top heavy now with wingers. You lose Starfelt, okay, we didn't expect it, but we're now top heavy with centre-halves. And the three areas of the park that we continually bang on about were shortened, left-back, goalkeeper, forward. So we did have to replace Jota, I get it. We did have to replace Starfelt. But we've put all the eggs in the wrong baskets here. We've now got a plethora of wingers, most of whom are actually injured and unavailable on Tuesday night, as it happens, and loads of centre-halves as well. Only one was bought as an emergency centre-half. But the areas that we've been banging on about, not just in the summer, probably last January, was up top, left-back, goalkeeper, and we've not addressed it. But it's the attitude and it's the culture within that boardroom, Lawrence, to turn around and say, what do you know about recruitment? What What is it you know about recruitment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. But uh, no, look, look, listen, I think anyone in any business would say, well, we need to improve our weaknesses. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we need to get get those improved. If we can improve those, we'll improve overall as a team. And you're right, you know, those weaknesses have been probably apparent for four or five transfer windows. Have we tried to improve them? Burnaby, arguably. But again, I think he would fall into another project. You know, it was a lot of money we spent. You brought in Burnaby. Oh, another project, a goalkeeper. You know, Segrist was never going to be an upgrade in heart. You know, I'd argue that he was never really going to challenge him for the, for the first-team jersey either. And if they're asking you, well, what do you know about recruitment? You're going, the team's going backwards. And you're spending the money in recruitment. It's clear. What do you it's know? Clear. Yeah, it's clear. <laughs> It's pretty clear to 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 fans, and and the thing for me as well 
Um, obviously, it's a draw against Motherwell. We've dealt with this already this season, a draw against Hibs, a draw against uh, St. Johnston. And I, and I do think, Kev, that uh, throughout the season, you said, you know, by the end of the season, you're top of the league, you win the league. It's going to be a completely different uh, style of uh, league victory that we're going to have under Brendan Rodgers, if indeed it does happen, uh, where Ange Postacoglu was about absolutely destroying everybody in your path, uh, scoring two, trying to score three, I get it. We're going to have days like that under Brendan Rodgers, but we're also going to have days like this today, and this is the third time in the league campaign that we've seen it. Yeah, um, yeah, this is going to be a, a much different season to last season, that can make sense. Uh, yeah, we're not going to blow teams away every week like we did under Ange. We're not going to play the swashbuckling football that we did with him. If and it is now more of an if than a when we win the league this season, it's going to there's going to be more games like today where it's like a attrition that gets us through. We're going to wear teams down and get there. We'll need this season as a transition season, and I hate to say that because we shouldn't be transitioning after having won a treble. But this is a transition season from. Angie's team into Brendan's team and he's going to need the full season I think to get us to where he wants us to be um, Lawrence's point to jump back in this one about the board saying that you know uh, our wages are comparable to similar sized clubs across Europe so we should be thankful for that that we're spending money there you're spending the guts of probably 60 grand a week on James McCarthy, Alex Bernabe, Segrist, Iwata, if I rate, but the guys like that who are not getting a look in. So, you know, if, if your man that says um, the board runs the club well financially, they got a £25 million gift this summer from Saudi Arabia and Jota. Yeah. So you can't really include that in good financial management. That was luck. And then you've got those guys there that are earning huge money. It's just draining the club finances every single week, every single month. So it's arguable whether they're actually running the club well or as well as they think financially. But um as I say, you know, <laughs> let's not get too down on ourselves. Today was a difficult day. I'm still pretty confident and sure come the end of the season we will top the league. I think January is going to play a huge part in whether that becomes a reality or not, because we are going to have to go back in the transfer market and sign the players that we should have signed at the very latest in the summer, if not last January, because a lot of those places that we're looking at are the ones that we highlighted a year ago that we needed to fill in. So we'll see. But I'm still confident come the end of the year, we'll be top of the pile. Yeah, I mean, one one final point. Brian Lament comes in to say, here we go with the intellectuals from Harvard Business School. Okay. Leave the business to the professionals at the club, right? Yeah, you can leave the, the business, but surely as football fans, you can have a comment on football. And when you look at the fact that there were two centre-halves purchased for £7.5 million, quid, £7.5 million, pound, that's £7.5 million pound of season ticket sales, if you want to look at that, or merchandise sales, £7.5 million, quid, not even on the bench today. Is that is that going to be included in the textbook for the Harvard Business School uh, of how to run a football club? Or... The fact that Tilio comes on today, first time we've seen him, one and a half million quid, quan a million pounds. Where are we now then? Uh, that's ten million pounds. That's the gubbins of ten million pounds. Is that good business, Brian? Is it? I'm not sure it is. I would have much rather have seen a strengthened left back area in the football club, uh, goalkeeper and centre forward. You don't need to have a degree in mathematics or business 
to know football. Um, so, Brian, when it comes to the business side of it, I'm pretty sure they're all very good businessmen. What do they know about footballers? What do they know about uh, bringing a player in from the other side of the world who's never kicked a ball for you and it's costing you a million quid? The very fact that Brendan Rodgers is not playing a lot of these guys, I think, shows that he doesn't fancy them. I, I'm like you, Kevin. I like a water. I've, I, I do. I don't think he's a centre-half, but I do like a water. Um Brennan Rodgers clearly doesn't, because he doesn't start games. You know, and, and when Hatati went out, you thought to yourself, right, there's an opportunity there. Bernardo started games, he's not even our player. David Turnbull started games and his contract's running out, and home started games, he's 20 year old. So does he rate a water? I don't think so. Um so when it comes down to it, it's a draw. It's very, very disappointing. We'll see what happens tomorrow to see if it affects the uh, the points differential after this run of fixtures is complete. And there is work to be done in January. But as I said before, and I think Lawrence and Kev agrees with me here, we knew that anyway, didn't we, guys? We knew that there was business to be done um, in the January transfer window. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to be involved in the discussion. If uh, watching the game maybe wasn't, well over a 1, 1,100 watching live on the live stream. And I'm always loath to switch it off because uh, passions are running high in the comment section. Hopefully uh, you can get it off your chest and still somehow enjoy your weekend. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you to Lawrence Conley and Kevin McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.